Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. So the Blues lose last night, but put a nice effort together in the third period. Now, was Joey that so Vitale hard to do? Was on the call was on it? 101 ESPN with Chris Kerber. Joey, Joey, Joey. There it is. And right now, Joey Vitale joins us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joey, how you doing today, man? What's up, BK? Alex, doing well, guys. How are you today? Doing all right. So let's start with the obvious. What was your biggest takeaway from the loss last night for the Blues against Colorado? Uh, you know, well, I guess two takeaways, one from Colorado's side, one from the Blues side. One for Colorado, you know, it's not just a one-line wrecking crew. It's not just special teams. This is, a, this is a very good hockey team that could beat you in a lot of different ways. And last night it was the depth. And not only the third line, but the fourth line. I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, two fourth-line goals, it's something that really made a difference in the game there. So when you look at Colorado, there's, as soon as you shut down three aspects of their game, that fourth will kind of emerge. So that's what's scary about Colorado. you got to put together close to 60 minutes of hockey as you can. In order to give yourself a chance, we certainly saw it a couple games ago against Colorado where the Blues played a terrific game. They still lost it as Kale McCarr had some heroics in the last minute. So that's number one, the depth of Colorado. Number two, for the Blues side, I would consider this a huge positive, just the fact that this team just never out of it. They're never out of the fight. They're not never out of the grind. Uh, being down by three goals in that third period, you know, I said on the broadcast, if you can find a way to get yourself one in that first five minutes, then you get a little bit, of, give yourself a little bit of life. And it took six minutes to get into that one, and then sure enough, Mike Hoffman answers again on the power play. So right down to the wire, Tyler Bozak has the puck on his stick, back door with a one goal game. I mean, it's, it's that close. It's that close. But the Blues really got to give a lot of credit to them to what they continue to do six on five. And in that third period, having good kind of bounce back games, but you sure like to see that hole they dug for themselves kind of minimize it just to one to two goals at times, not three, because it's a hard hole to pull out of. Joe, we saw Mike Van Ryn um, shift the defenseman around an awful lot in that first period, going with different pairings than what it usually is. Do you read into that at all of maybe some problems with a defenseman or just the pairings aren't matching up, or is that just Mike Van Ryn trying to find something different? I just think that's his style. You know, I think that's his style as far as just trying to find good chemistry early on. Mike, Mike is a believer that he can, he can figure out or he can kind of dissect who's going and who's not going within that first one or two shifts of each player. You know, we talked last week before the, the game that ended up getting postponed in Minnesota on Monday, 
And he said the things he looks for to start games to see if the team is on it or individuals are on it, you know, or when you lose a faceoff, do you jump at the defenseman? When you win it and you chip it in, how quick are we getting in on the forecheck? Gaps defensively. How, how aggressively are we getting up, matching our gaps in the neutral zone? Little cues like that, Mike, the defensive coach here for St. Louis, he's very in tune with, and he's got a very good grasp on this, this group and kind of the signs they'll look for to see who's going, who's not. And then to get things going, if you're not moving your feet, you're not getting going, he's going to find someone else to kind of find that chemistry because you want those top four guys. You want four guys at least to be going. Any stragglers, he can kind of put down that bottom pair. Joey, I was listening to the post-game show last night with you, Curbs, and Alex, and I thought you said something really interesting that I I hadn't noticed, honestly, just because, I mean, you're a professional. You, you see these things in a way that I can't. You talked about the defense and the style that the Blues are playing now, especially with their forwards getting more involved in a rush. Can you explain that a little bit to our audience that may not have heard what you were talking about last night? What's What's changing with the way that the Blues are defending right now? Well, you know, it's they're starting to spring forwards out of their defensive zone in ways that they really haven't done lately. So if the puck's in the defensive zone and they're defending, right, once they get that puck on their stick, in the old days they used to have a winger up on the boards right on the hash marks, and the centerman would kind of go low and slow, and then the winger would kind of slice across that high slot area, kind of go across to kind of push that pace on that side for a nice chip come through with speed but the biggest thing was to keep in mind everything was on the defensive side and everything was kind of protect 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 you know you look at these forwards on this team with the bozaks and the o'reilly's and the perron we're not going to blow you away with speed and they know that and this coaching staff knows that so a big adjustment i've seen over the last three weeks of hockey is something that where they're actually springing forwards into the neutral zone to kind of get out of there and what you do is a couple things one, you're going to give yourself an option from the defensive side of things. Let's say Colton Franklin's got the puck in the far side corner defensively to the right of Jordan Biddington. He picks his head up. Instead of finding that weak side winger coming through the slot right inside that zone, he's going to see him in the neutral zone. So he's going to spring him. So one, it can lead to offense like we've seen where we had Barbashev, you know, Schwartz, Bozak had a breakaway. A lot of breakaways are starting to kind of emerge. Vladimir Tarasenko had a breakaway a week and a half ago. We weren't seeing a lot of breakaways the first you know, half of the season, three quarters of the season, but we're starting to see that now because of that forward kind of springing across the neutral zone. So number one, you give yourself an option to get breakaways and to lead to offense. But number two, and more importantly, when you leave that zone, you're going to have to pull a defenseman with you. So that weak side defenseman or even that strong side defenseman is going to see this kid flying across you, get into the neutral zone. So what do they have to do? They have to respect that. They have to back up. And when they back up, that's going to create a lot more area for that strong side winger and centerman to kind of do some things with the puck if it does come up that strong side wall where they're not so pressured with a pinching defenseman at times. You know, Joe, we're also seeing a little different mentality, it seems, these last few games. I know Craig Bruby always talks about quality shots over quantity of shots, but it seems like the Blues are putting a lot to the net right now. I think this is the sixth straight game that they've had 30 or more shots on goal. But we're also seeing missed nets. And I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, we had two-on-ones the last night where it didn't seem like they got the shot off or they missed the net on that shot is there anything that goes into that from a player perspective are you just trying to pick that corner or are you just trying to put pucks on net yeah i mean listen players want to score goals right they want to be difference makers you know you look at schwartz had a couple good opportunities last night a couple went wide vince dunn had one point blank in that first period stays on the ice goes far side wide vladdy had a couple that did kind of go wide top corner and they go all the way around the zone uh, yeah, they're momentum killers. It's tough. It's hard to be out there when you feel like yeah, you're getting some momentum. You're starting to get some offensive zone time, and then a puck goes wide. It's out of the zone, and it's kind of a wash play, right? Uh, you got to respect the player in the sense that they, these guys are elite shooters, and they want to make a difference in the game. So that's good. You don't ever want to deter that. But at the same time, 
when you are fighting it and you're not feeling it like, let's say, Mike Hoffman is. If, if I'm Mike Hoffman, I'm picking those corners because right now you're hitting them. Yeah. But if you're not, and if you're not feeling it quite to that degree, you kind of have to kind of, I guess, minimize yourself in a sense or making that simple shot to give everyone else an opportunity to go at it. Sometimes it's just not that original shot that's going to go in. It's the National Hockey League, right? These goaltenders are, are spectacular. They've been doing it their whole life. It's very hard to beat a goaltender one-on-one. But if you can just throw it at the net, just create that puck in that blue paint for a rebound or some sort of deflection. Give everyone a chance, at least as a team, to kind of put in a rebound, look for that redirect on the back door, something off the end wall, something to create a little bit more jam at that net because the bodies are going there. It's just the pucks at times aren't really ended up there because the shot's going wide. You know, it's like one of my favorite movies. You guys ever see The Patriot with Mel Gibson? Yeah, great movie. <laughs> aim, aim small, miss small when he's talking to his kids in the foxhole. <laughs> Boy! Boy, you know, sometimes sometimes I think I'm not a good dad. Or I'm a little too tough for my kids. That guy, he was a maniac, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're not dadding right unless you're out there in the foxholes with your kids telling them to aim low, shoot low, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I've had my moments where I'm chucking dishes and chucking trash and freaking out. But at least I wasn't tomahawking someone to death. <laughs> Joey Vitale is our Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. All right, Joey, last thing for you on the hockey side of things. Uh, how big is this game on Saturday against Arizona? I would say it's pretty big. I mean, we're in the teens now. We got not a ton of games left. We had three games in hand as of last night heading into the game on Arizona, uh, but we didn't take care of business. So now we only have two games in hand, and we're going up against the team that we're trying to ch- uh, they're trying to chase us rather in Arizona with that one point lead. You got two games in hand. Absolutely, this this is a big one because you know if Arizona wins, they leapfrog you by one point, and then you only have one game in hand facing Colorado for the next few. So that's. That's, that's scary to me. So right before you know it, you could be right back on the outside looking in, facing a very tough Colorado team like we saw last night. So to me, number one, that's important. The Blues have, have had up and down games, let's just call it that, going to Arizona. Something about the desert, something about this Rick Tockett style of hockey that's very structured. Now they've been playing very loose lately, which I consider actually a negative for the Blues side because with how poor they've been playing, losing the last five, you know that Rick Tockett coming back home is going to make sure this team is going to be hitting on all cylinders. So for the St. Louis Blues, absolutely. It's going to be one of those games you got to show up to the desert, forget about the sun, forget about uh, the wonderful scenery, and you just got to take care of business there in the desert because if you're not careful, this Arizona team can make you pay like they have in, in recent past, and they have great goaltending. So talk about traffic, talk about hitting the net. It's going to be super, super paramount tomorrow, excuse me, Saturday uh, evening. I think it's an early game, evening game mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, to get things kind of rolling here and, and find some momentum back in this season the way you had it a few games ago before last night's loss. Joe, that uh, distraction in Arizona might be because of that pottery barn, right? Oh, man, dude, they have the greatest. You remember that? Alex, you, you pay attention. You got good details in your game. I appreciate that. They have the greatest, greatest pottery barn, especially around Christmas time. The, the display, I love just going in there. They give you these warm cookies. They have hot cocoa. It's right in Kierland Commons there. That's where I almost hit Randy Johnson. No joke. I <laughs> Tell you a story. Yeah, I don't I'm think so. To, I'm driving to Kierlin Commons my first week in Scottsdale. I just got you know signed with the Coyotes, enjoying Kierlin. Everyone's a model in, in Scottsdale, by the uh-huh. way. Everyone dresses to the nines. You feel like you're in Paris. So my eyes start doing the old wonder do to do, looking around, everything kind of like that. And then I literally come to a stop sign, and this guy on the phone is starting to walk with uh, his little short wife. I mean, his wife is like a third of the a third of the size. Maybe his girlfriend. I don't really know. But I'm driving, and he's texting, and I go, Arr! and he kind of looks at me, and I'm like, whoa. What was his name? The unit? They just call him the, the unit? The big unit. Yeah. The big unit. I go, oh, my God, that's the unit. I almost hit him. And he kind of smiled at me, gave me a little smirk. 
And then, uh, and then he just went on his way. So I consider that a good day where I didn't kill a Hall of Famer. You were almost the big unit, and and Randy Johnson was almost the pigeon that he killed on the mound. Oh, he would have destroyed me. Was it a pigeon or was it a dove? It was it a bird. Was, I don't know, oh, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a damn bird. Who knows? <laughs> it was a bird. It wasn't a bird anymore. Boy, talk about a way to go out, though. I mean, talk about that funeral. Well, how'd he die? Well, he got smoked by a fastball to Rand Johnson. Oh, hey, what a hell of a way to go out, though. Hey, 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 I tell you what. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm going to go out, that's a good way to do it. Hey, and if Randy Johnson's going to go out, he's going to get hit by Joe Vitale in Arizona. Did you know Randy Johnson's like a legit professional photographer now? Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you, man, these athletes, you got, you got to find something to keep your mind going. You got to have a reason to get up when you're done playing, to get up, take a shower, to get a shave in, to get dressed. That That's the lull for these athletes. I remember going through it myself. I wake up in my PJs, and I would stay in my PJs all day long. I was like a housewife. No offense to housewives out there, but my, my, my wife, sometimes she stays in her pajamas all day long. I'm like, man, you, you complain about having a tough fight. Like, oh, I got to bend over and put the DVD in the DVD player. I mean, come on. You're, you're, you're not even on record. You're, you're off the map right now. So I kind of get it on her a little bit. But that's what I was. I was getting up in my PJs. I would get, you know, cereal. I have a big serving bowl of cereal, cinnamon toast crunch with whole milk. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. going through a rough time. Oh, yeah, I was going through a rough time. I needed a hobby. That's why I found bread. Now I'm on a good track here because I'm calling games to the St. Louis Blues call, talking to you great fellas. Yeah, I mean, what more could you ask for, honestly? By the yeah. way, last thing on Scottsdale, uh, Kara, my fiance, went down there for a bachelorette party recently. Uh, Scottsdale oh, also, boy. very expensive place is what I learned after that trip very expensive not reasonably oh, priced yeah. at all <laughs> no no it's completely unrealistic it's unsustainable but no i, I love my time out in scottsdale the people were great uh, this is a big old grid you know it lacked a lot of it lacked a lot of character which i love about st louis where you just you have all these ins and outs and the, the hill and then you know you got downtown and then you got clayton just lots of cool little pockets of people and personalities all around town but scottsdale was very just it was very straightforward. It was very easy to get around. It was very clean. I don't think I saw one pothole there the entire time. I got, I stepped on a jumping cactus in my second year there. I still have warts in my foot. So anyone out there what the hell is, is a jumping cactus? So you get close to it, and it kind of senses it, and it kind of springs these little needles out at you. And that's what happened to my foot. And, I, and to this day, I have warts on my foot because of it. So if anyone's listening out there and has any doctor out there that can really help me because they, it kind of hinders me a little bit, but these jumping cactuses are scary because then once you get poked by one, you can't just rip them out because then you get poked for it. You got to grab like two rocks and smash the needle together between two rocks and yank them out. You learn a lot being out there in the desert. Alex, I think that's what got to me at Ballpark Village. I think it was a jumping cactus. It got no. me in the face. Joe. BK was looking at his phone and he walked right into a tree and I was trying to blame it on a jumping cactus. Joe, we yeah, always that, appreciate yeah, it, man. Yeah, that wasn't a jumping cactus. That was the case of the old butt heavies there, BK. <laughs> it was before I was drinking. That's the yeah, worst part of the story that sure, yeah. was. Sure, sure. See you, boys. <laughs> See you, Joey. <laughs> it's Joey Vitale joining us here on 101 ESPN. Um, it was definitely a jumping cactus. No, it cactus. wasn't. That tree didn't move. Duff. It didn't move. It wasn't a tree. It was a cacti. No, that was. I don't think there's any cacti here in St. Louis, especially down by Ballpark Village. I think it was that day. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Junk drawer coming up in 15 minutes. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Something or nothing, including something or nothing that the Cardinals have the second best batting average with runners in scoring position. About something this or year. nothing, Carpenter's 0 for 4. It's next on 101 ESPN.